Hey, everybody, and welcome to the American Citizens Podcast. My name is Gray, joined by Josh. Hello, Josh. Hello, Gray. And uh, it's been a bit, it's been a minute, as they say on the internet, since we've talked to you. And naturally, in a summer like this, things have happened. So we're going to cover some of those things. Um, Transfer-related, all of it, including another brief flirtation with Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang that ended after seven hours. Because that's the way it goes. Yeah, is that the actual time limit that lasted uh, on it? I thought it was like two. I thought it was two. It was a little more than two. It was about seven because I, it broke in, for, for me, the early afternoon. It was probably maybe a little less than seven. It's like five, okay. maybe. But the, the general gist of it was that was a transfer rumor that started and ended within a day. I not I mean my dreams were crushed so fast that that's how I I mean I wanted Obama Yang so bad that that dream just went up in smoke like that's sort of what happens to me you know I can't have nice things as they say and if I want somebody It'll get teased like a rumor, and then all of a sudden they'll be like, "Ah, not nah, just kidding. City weren't interested in that player." But why? <laughs> um, uh, let's let's start with a player that City are in for, and we know this because um, our friend Samley has reported that they are in agreement with a two-year deal, and as of today, Juventus have confirmed that Danny Alves has left the club on a free, and all signs are pointing to him heading to Manchester City imminently. Um, So this came out of the blue. Um, We knew that there was a fourth fullback that City were going to be targeting. We knew, um, we've known for ages that the first two were Benjamin Menny and Kyle Walker, We've known for a week or two now that the other one is Ryan Bertrand from Southampton. And now we know that Danny Alves is the fourth and is apparently going to be the first one to get done. So, this is... I, I There's a surprising amount of people that are cranky over this. I understand it to a certain extent because he has made some comments in the past about the club that are were obviously going to rub people the wrong way. But I don't particularly care um, because this is a signing that is going to be as important off the pitch as it is on the pitch. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. And I look at the comments, honestly, and I remember Sam Lee shilling for like, I'm, I'm, you know, doing a story on it and I'm curious about how City fans feel. And I remember at one point in the day, Sam tweeting, like, because I didn't go and look at the responses to that tweet or anything. But at one point in the day, Sam tweeted, seriously, none of you guys are that buggered off by what Danny Alves said? And so I decided at this point I was going to go and look at what Danny Alves said because I don't give a crap. You know, I, I'm sort of like you. I'm like, this is a good signing both on and off the pitch. Um, but uh, I, I finally went and looked at what Danny Alves said, and I realized why City fans, a lot of them, weren't chuffed by this uh, statement. Uh, as it were, he really didn't even say anything all that critical of City. Um 
I honestly actually believe him. When you re- see the statement the way that it's written out, I believe the guy. Um, and uh, I, there was some perspective from Man City Brazil, who we follow and who does an excellent job of covering uh, Man City news, all the way from England, mind you, uh, for Brazilians. Uh, and he runs the Man, Man City Brazil account. But what he said was was this. Where Danny Alves grew up was among the poorest regions in Brazil. And if they had access to a TV at all, you can be sure that one of the few teams they would have seen would have been Manchester United. And that would have been that. Um, but but outside of that, it is perfectly realistic, he said, that Danny Alves truthfully would not know uh, that Manchester had two clubs. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, people are choosing to, in the media, use it as a weapon, as like, ha-ha, Danny Alves didn't even know the other club existed. Let's use it like that and twist it like that. I don't think that's how he meant it. Yeah, I, I just I don't I don't care. <laughs> yeah, that if, too. If I don't care. Come, yeah, it, it's it's if you're going to sift through, and I know it's not like it's not like some not obvious thing that really had to be dug for, but if 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 we're going to go and vet people based on their public and or private feelings for Manchester City, Kyle Walker once called us glory hunters, I believe. So I don't. In, it's 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 not something that I'm terribly interested in litigating. It's just not. If, right. If, if people are willing to play for the club, and if people are willing to play well for the club, I don't particularly care what they have done or said in the past, unless it's, like, really egregious. And um, Danny Alves is the type of dude who, if he's going to put on the shirt, he's going to play. Yeah, I mean, how many times, how, how how much did Carlos Tevez put everybody through, and we kind of got over that more or less whenever he played? I think it's going to be the same thing. Because, you know, if you read the Gold.com article that Sam Lee wrote about City being close to Danny Alves, that was, I believe, written last week, um, not only does he still play at a high level, and, you know, you see people, well, we let Zabaleta go, and this guy's two years older. Yeah, well, he's also maintained his fitness better, and he has maintained a lot of his physical attributes better than Zabaleta has. Nothing wrong with that. Some guys age better than others. Um, but the, the, the part that stuck out to me is that Guardiola has been in a dressing room for basically his entire life, either as a player or a manager. Um, and he identified the lack of characters in the squad as a as an issue and he said when when alex kolarov is basically your only character in the dressing room then you have a <laughs> then there's something that you and, want to add what, to that and reed when he says character he means there aren't enough guys who have balls on this team to run up and get in people's faces when matches are getting tough like to not back down. You have that pillar, that talisman, that that 
just that stalwart, you know, the Pepe's, the Sergio Ramos's, when, you know, Leonard Benucci, when you see him with a, or Giorgio Chiellini, if you, whatever you see, like, it's like Nicholas Otamendi. Nicholas Otamendi finishing with a bandage over his head is par for the course. And these are the characters that the dressing room needs. I'm not talking about, like, hockey enforcers. I'm talking about characters and guys that will have your back because they've been there. I think that people overestimate how how used to winning some of these players are. Um, because this is a club that's ambitions have yet to be matched by its on-field performance. There are no two ways about that. Um, And it it is a club that has that core, that spine, that has won two Premier Leagues um, and two League Cups and to a certain extent an FA Cup. Obviously, that's a pretty good haul, but I think the club expected to have more by now or at least be closer to having more by now. Um... So you you have the Agueros, who has actually never won the FA Cup, by the way. And you have Silva, who is a World Cup winner, but is, you know, he's more of a quiet, he's a a quieter guy. He's not going to be the in-your-face style of, I guess, attack-minded leadership. Um, You have Ayaya, who, uh, you know, sometimes... His attitude has not always been to in the best interests as as the club would want to see it. You have company who's a great leader, but he's not always on the pitch. Um, and you have that set of players, and you have to remember how young the rest of these guys are. De Bruyne has never really won anything. Sterling, no. Sané, no. Gabriel Jesus, no, not really. Um, these a lot of these guys are. They, they've 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 added so much youth to the team that that a lot of these guys are still getting used to playing at a club with this level of expectations. Danny Alves has done everything and then and then some more or less. Um, he was obviously on the great Barcelona teams. He was Pep Guardiola's first signing at Barcelona, actually. So he won everything there um, more than once. And then he left. He won everything at Juve except for the Champions League in which they went to the final twice, although he was not there the first time. Um, and he won everything there. This is a guy who knows how to win, and he will not tolerate if other guys don't know how to win. And that is every bit as important. You know, He's not going to have to play every week because they're still very much in for Walker, but he's not going to have to play every week, so it's not like they're relying on a 34-year-old to be their first-choice fullback. And I expect he'll play in big games. Guardiola knows him well. He knows Guardiola well. He's called him a genius. Um, it it's, it's just makes so much sense from pretty much every perspective. Yeah, um, Danny Alves is the type of guy, I think, who, who he brings a lot going forward. He's not the greatest defensively. But he's pretty dang good defensively. Um, he also has a chip on his shoulder. Because correct me, or am I wrong? Or is there a period where Danny Alves didn't play for the Brazil national team? 
you might you might be right. I don't know for sure, but there's there's pretty much been a period in which everyone hasn't played hasn't played for the Brazil national <laughs> team. I thought I thought yeah. Danny Alves was in was in extended stay territory, which might. I don't remember. I just know that they purged basically everyone but Neymar for a couple of years after that, after the 7-1 the World Cup. <laughs> yeah. Well, then they got that followed up by a 3-1 ass-kicking by my Dutch in the final. And they made it look all too easy as, or uh, in the third place game, rather. Um, that still pisses me off that we could have played Germany in the final. So pisses me off. Um, doesn't matter. We probably would have just lost again. Uh, and I don't think it could take handling, even though I wasn't alive the last time the Dutch were beaten by the Germans in the in the Euros. Uh, anyway, moving on. Um, yeah, no, I, I I think Danny Alves is is the right, about the right speed. Do you get the sense, Gray? And this is what I've been curious about. Um, Danny Alves, to me, feels like a guy that you bring in for the Champions League. But before you answer that question, I want you to answer this question. Actually, answer them in reverse. Um, If that is the case, does that complicate the deal for Kyle Walker. I don't think that they sign. I, I just, I, I've brought up on more than one occasion, like, well, does he have a best 11? Did they have, you know, and Sam Lee rightfully said, no, they're not really going to have that because he rotates so much. There's going to be a game here and a game there and a game there and a game here. I definitely think that Alves has a lot of utility in the Champions League. There's no doubt about that. But I, also don't think that they're going to bring him in and promise him, hey, you're going to play every single Champions League game. Um, he has said in the past he wants to experience the Premier League. He's certainly going to play in that competition as well. Um, I, th- I think ultimately it will come down to fitness, the needs of the team in any particular fixture. I don't, I don't think there's a blanket policy like, okay, you're going to play most of these games and he's going to play most of those games. I really genuinely think that it's dealt with on a more case-by-case basis. Yeah, I I guess. I just, I feel like Guardiola is the type of guy that likes to have a nucleus and then move forward with that. His teams are better functioning when he has a core. Um, so that's why I was just curious. Actually, I was more curious if you think it complicates it from, from Kyle Walker's angle. If he looks at this and goes, uh, Danny Alves, and you guys still want me? I mean, if that's his mental state, then I don't really want him anyway, because this is a big club and there's going to be competition for places. It's just sort of, it's going to be a fact of life. And if he's not up for that, then you shouldn't come. Um, no, I, I understand that. I, 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 don't, I, I don't think it would come as a surprise to him after City released four fullbacks that they were going to bring in four, three other fullbacks that can that can play regularly. It's it just seems like common sense to me. Yeah, but I say 
with Kyle Walker, the reason he's leaving Tottenham is because of playing time. As in, he was sort of the uh, the the second-rate fullback, and I'm wondering if because Danny Alves is so damn effective and he has a relationship with Guardiola, if Danny Alves is going to get that decent chunk of time then how is Kyle Walker going to feel about it when the whole point of his move away from Tottenham was about playing time? I couldn't really fault him in that case. He made it clear since day one the reason he wants to leave is playing time. So I, I, I'm not saying I'm worried about it. I guess I'm just curious. Because that would have to mean if if we're going by this is what this person said they want, City are going to give it to them to get them, that would mean that Kyle Walker is going to be the Danny Rose in that situation, or however it works. Well, I, I don't really need my top box. Yeah, because I know he was usurped by Trippier at the end of the season, but that was yes, Trippier. after, I believe, he'd had a falling out with Pochettino over who knows what. I know that part of it is Manchester's closer to Sheffield, where he's from, and I don't know if it was playing time, because he played 33 matches in the league last year. He played 33 in the year before. Um, Everything I've read have said he, played, he won't. He was their regular starter in the Champions League. He played all five matches in the Champions League. I don't, I don't know. I, I, my, I thought it was more because he just had a falling out with Pochettino and wanted to be elsewhere. But, that could have been it. That but, could have been it. You know, I, I, I mean, I stand by what I said. It's just this is a club where he's going to have to. And Danny Alves is 34. It's a short, yeah. It's a short-term solution, if we're being honest. Like they're signing him on a two-year deal, and I'm not. I kind of doubt he'll be here beyond those two years. I kind of doubt he'll be there beyond one year. Yeah, I mean, there's an argument to be made for that. Kyle Walker is still, you know, he'll be he'll he'll play the next year at age 27, and then he'll play another year at age 28. He'll he would be under contract beyond that. Um, you know, I I I can't imagine that City have will have will not have gotten to this point and gotten and have been interested for months and months and months in a Kyle Walker deal with the knowledge all along that they were going to sign another fullback. Maybe they haven't known for as long that it was going to be Danny Alves, but they have known without a doubt, without a shadow of a doubt, that they were going to bring another right back. Sure, but bringing in another right back and bringing in Danny Alves are not the same thing. I don't care if he is 34. His production rate in last year's Champions League was staggering. For a 34-year-old. I mean, staggering. So, I that's what I'm saying. Sometimes it plays on the mind of the person involved in the transfer. And I hear you, well, if that's the way he is, then I don't want him anyway. I'm just saying there's a difference between being told, hey, we're going to bolster the team with fullbacks, you're our primary target, and then you turn around and read that they're signing Danny Alves. I'm not saying it's going to scupper the Kyle Walker deal. There's not even been a report about it. Um, I, I was just curious. That's all. Yeah, it, it's a fair question, but I, I don't, I don't really see it as, as the, the, the. the uh, I, I, I don't know. 
I, I don't particularly see it as as um as, as a huge issue. I mean, I might be wrong, but you know, well, like I said, I I, I can't imagine. And I, I, get, I get what you're saying about, okay, there's a difference between competition and it being Danny Alves, but I think there is an, an ab- absolutely a, an understanding that this is, this is going to be a club that intends to play 60 matches a season in four competitions. You're going to play, and you're going to play in some big games either way. Um, and if you're in form, Guardiola has ten- tended... To you know, if a player got what he wa- was doing, what he wanted, and was in form, then he tended to reward them. Like Leroy Sané made the made the wing position his own um, once he started performing, and basically ended the. Oh, I think there were other factors involved. I think, but it more or less ended Nolito's Manchester City career single-handedly. Um, so I, I I think. I I I think that he knows that, and I think that that that, that it's not going to be um it's it's not going to be the end of Kyle Walker's interest in playing for Manchester City because there's there's I I think that there's an understanding that there's going to be a lot of games and there's going to be a lot of games that he'll play still. That's fair enough, and there certainly will be games. You get a game, you get a game, especially you with, get a game. Especially with how demanding he is of his fullbacks, it's 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 going to be a, a case of. There's going to be a lot of up and down and yeah. up and down. Yeah. Like, like some of these dudes are are going to be learning for the first time how to get it. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting, no doubt. Um, let's see. What else do we have? Should we stick with the fullbacks while we're on the fullbacks? Sure. Because we've touched on now Danny Alves. We touched on Kyle Walker, who apparently... <clears throat> the latest report today from the Independent is that Spurs are playing hardball over the fee still. Um, Spurs, the, the, they're talking. Spurs want $50 million. City aren't there yet. <clears throat> uh, this strikes me as... I, I think... We lose sight of how early in the summer this is, because this reminds me of the Raheem Sterling deal, in that Liverpool's stance was, we will not sell for less than X. You know, uh, I believe it was $50 million was the, was the fee that was quoted. And I believe it ended up happening for 40 guaranteed with 50 in potential, or another 10 in potential add-ons. Um, and it happened in the middle of July. Because I, I remember, because right, the the last straw for Liverpool was more or less Sterling calling in sick on the first day back of training and um, and not reporting on Liverpool's preseason tour. I do wonder if that's how this is going to end. Similarly, in a couple more weeks, going to be public haggling over the fee, but in the end, it gets done at pretty much a cl- price close to what. In this case, Tottenham end up wanting maybe with a few non-guarantees, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, I, 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 that my thinking is that this is just going to be a useless slog because Daniel Levy is Daniel Levy and will hold out for every red cent he can get from a rival club for a transfer. Um, but I'm not particularly stressed about this one. 
Yeah, I have. I, I'm ultimately not stressed on the fullbacks. I, I think it's one of those things that'll sort itself out, as you Mendy, said. Like Mendy seems to be inching closer and closer and interminably closer because Monaco uh, is doing the same thing. I'll tell you what, man. If Kyle Walker isn't uh, in Nashville when City play the Tottenham, then we'll know. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I, Benjamin Mendy's another guy who's inching closer and closer to being done. And I'll tell you what, man. <clears throat> I honestly will be a little bit more relieved when we have... Benjamin Mendy over the line as well as uh, Danny Alves. Like, at least having one left back and one right back to start the season would make me feel okay. Yeah, uh, I'm roughly where I'm at. I know people like, get it done, get it done, get it done, get it done, and all that. Um, And and I understand that, but it's, it's... I don't know exactly when City report back for preseason. I would imagine it's the first or second week of July. Um, the internationals are done, so except uh, no. the confederations yeah, cup. I was about that to say not involved. That does not involve you, France. So no, it doesn't. But it does involve Alexi Sanchez. It does, but I don't think that that would be getting done, even if it wasn't. But let's go to that um, because there was a lively debate in our mentions over. Alexis Sanchez recently. Um, I, I want to talk a little bit about City's forward depth because I've seen people, and, and these two things go hand in hand, I've seen people arguing that Alexis Sanchez is a luxury signing because we already have such an embarrassment of riches at the, at the, at the, uh, at the forward positions. I'm going to uh, offer an opinion that I, I'm not sure you'll like particularly, but it, just in terms of luxuries, I think Obama Yang would have been a luxury signing, and I think Sanchez is a necessity, or at least definitely bolsters a position that can be bolstered. Because when you're looking at at at, at a different, I think people are under this assumption or are treating it as Sanchez is this out and out center forward who is going to split time with Aguero and Gabriel Jesus. That's not true. Um. Sanchez is so adept at playing out wide, uh, which is, you know, the, the area where Sané and Sterling made their living last year. And what he has that they don't to an extent is, the, is obviously he's a creative player, and but he can also... He had more league goals last year than Sergio Aguero did. This is a guy who scores a ton of goals and creates a ton of goals. He had a huge season in the Premier League last year, so... You know, I look at people saying, oh, this is this is a luxury, and it's like, well, okay, would it be the end of the world if they didn't sign him? No. Uh, it's not like a fullback where they literally cannot afford to not sign someone. I don't think it's that dire. But we've talked about this before. Man City need wide... Guardiola, in particular, needs his wide players to score goals. Sterling is not there yet. Sané is not quite there yet, although he showed significant progress toward getting there last season. Sanchez is there. And this is the same reason that they need to be signing Danny Alves. We talk at length about, you know, okay, we City have such... Their, their core is getting older and older and older. They need to sign some younger players. They are signing some younger players. Bernardo Silva is very young. 
Um, Ederson's very young. Sané and Sterling are both still very young. Gabriel Jesus is still very young. Um, De Bruyne is still pretty young. So, you know, okay, great. They're signing younger players. You need to make some impact signings. This team has not achieved what what is expected of them over the last couple seasons. They need to bring in guys who are going to help them win right this damn second. Danny Alves does that. Alexis Sanchez 100% definitely does that. He does, but you already brought up the point about out wide. Are are you so you're saying then that Alexi Sanchez would almost serve as a mentor to these younger wingers? I, he can certainly show them a thing or two. Sterling in particular needs to learn how to learn how to finish. Because you watch him, and he'll he'll turn in a brilliant finish one game, and the next game he can't score from six yards out. Um, he, there's, he, there's a consistency to his game that has not arrived yet. No, I uh, I I, I don't know if Alexi Sanchez is in need. Uh, I think uh, I think I agree with you in part that that that. City need wingers, but I don't know if they need Alexi Sanchez, if that makes sense. I, I I would like to see him, but there are a lot of miles on them bones. A lot of miles on them bones. And I know he's I I know that he is what, twenty seven? Twenty seven, twenty eight, I believe. Uh, 27, yeah, okay. Yeah, 27 years old. This is the finished product. This goes back to what you were saying about the finished product. The, 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 all the youthful talent in the world is there. Now they need to be mentored uh, in some variety. They need to be brought uh, to bear, if, the, if you will. Uh the goals aren't coming off the edges. When you look at the amount of goal production from the wingers that he had at Bayern, they were chipping in with 10 and 13 goals on each side. And and I think that when you have a striker scoring somewhere near 27 or 30 goals, and you're getting 13, you know, like, let's just say 25 goals uh, from, your, uh, from your wingers – you're now looking at 50 goals. Uh, what was Manchester City's goal total for the season? Oh, that's a good question. Um, in in all competitions? No. So, oh. Well, yeah. Uh, I can definitely get you the Premier League. In the Premier League, they scored, I believe it was 80 goals. Yeah. Okay. So, assuming that... That was with... Let, 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 me, let me dig a tiny bit deeper so that, to add some context to that. Uh, in, terms of, in terms of who was scoring those, Aguero had 20 of them. Yeah. Um, a Sané. lot of them came from midfield. Sané and Sterling combined for 12 goals. Yeah. Sané had 7, Sterling had 5. Nolito, when he was playing on the wing, added 4. So that's up to 16... Um, and then the rest of the guys leading the scoring charts, De Bruyne plays centrally, Torre plays centrally, Silva plays centrally, Ihinacho plays centrally, Gundogan plays centrally, Company is a defender, 
Fernandinho's a midfielder. Kolarov, Delph, Clichy, Otsmeni, Zabaleta, none of them wingers. So City basically got 16 goals in the, in the Premier League from their wide players last year, out of 80 scored in the league. Yeah, just not enough, man. Just not enough. Um, Sanchez alone had more than that. <laughs> how many did he have He's last year? He had 24 six? goals last year, I believe. Jeez, I'm pro. Yeah, that would be... All right, I'm starting to see why you say necessity. Um, Sanchez, to me, is something I want to see done if it can get done at a time and in a way that doesn't come at the expense of something else that City could have. Because this is, I think, a pivotal moment. I don't know what's going to end up happening uh, with with a lot of big names in the transfer market. There are a lot of pl- pieces still yet to, to, to be sorted. And in some cases, one of those pieces that could end up coming back to Manchester would pretty much strike terror in the hearts of every Man City fan if he were to redon the red again. Um, and that... Can, can I, I just put it on public record? He's not leaving. Yeah, you don't think... <laughs> I, 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 Did you I, see in the press, Mendez briefed the journalist like, oh yes, he felt a lot better after hearing Fiorentino Perez's words. Like, this is all just stupid nonsense. Are you kidding me? Give uh, me a break. Give me a frickin' break. Yeah, uh, the decision is irreversible until they pay off the 14-point-something million dollar fine, and then, wouldn't you know it, the decision became reversible. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's a very strange way to live, uh, Real Madrid is basically a different, a parallel universe where very strange things happen. All yeah, time. yeah. I was just about to say, it's a very strange place to live. I would imagine in Cristiano's head. I, I can't imagine what goes on in there because, somewhat like Tupac, this guy is a <laughs> polarizing. No, uh, when I say he's layered and complex. That's the reason I bring up Tupac is because there were so many different layers and angles. Like people loved and hated Tupac. They called him a hypocrite because he said these things, but then he rapped about other things. And and so too, like, do people look at Ronaldo? And I'm not talking about the activism and stuff with Tupac. That's that's separate conversation. Definitely not meant for this podcast. But when you talk about the layer the polarizing layers that exist underneath Ronaldo. Uh, I can't tell who this guy is, you know? Is he the charitable guy that gives millions and millions and millions to those who uh, are in need? Or is he the guy who has to hear the, the Real Madrid president say that he's bigger than all of us in order for him to stay? Like, where he he feels he's above a 14... Like, he should be able to evade taxes, and other people should pay his fine. Like, I don't know how to see Ronaldo. I just don't. But I will say this. <clears throat> Once upon a time, when I very, very first started watching La Liga, I was 
a uh, uh, I was a Madrid fan ish. Not a fan, more like a Madrid watcher. And Ronaldo has completely pushed me into the Messi camp. So say what you will, but the dude can score. So that's the. That's why I'm like half worried about this is because I do think there's going to come a time with all Real Madrid players that Real realizes that this guy has given them everything he can. Now it's time to sell him, move on, and use that money to re... Like, who else in the world is going to give you the kind of money to re-Galactico your squad, if that's even a thing? Can you re-Galactico? I like that word. Um, I just... It's it's not a great summer. I mean, I'm not saying that it won't... Well, I already kind of said that it won't happen, but... In theory, it's not the best summer for that to happen because there's just not a lot of huge, huge players available. I mean, I guess Mbappe, but... Yeah, but if you're Real Madrid, why would you spend that kind of money on a kid that... Exactly. I mean, you already have Marco Asensio. Yeah, it's just like you sit there and it's like, okay, who, what superstars are on the market right now? It just doesn't really feel like... They can sign Wayne Ro- swap deal for Wayne Rooney. There, done. There, there you go. There you go. That will make me feel much. better. I just negotiated the greatest transfer in history for Man United. Hell yeah! <laughs> Maybe like, wait a minute, you unloaded Rooney and you replace me I will replace Ed Woodward. I would love that job. Let's see. Hi, Real. How much do you want to have a day? Um. Anyway. <laughs> Can we interest you in a lower price? <laughs> anyway, yeah. Anyway. All, all of a sudden, Gray is the new manager of uh, or the, the I new... only need to be on the job at Man United for about two weeks to just completely rip the club apart, and then they can sack me. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. People like, for some strange reason, he sold the we're, whole We're team going to give Wayne Rooney a new 500,000-pound-per-week 500, 500, contract uh... until 2030. Guaranteed. Samir, oh, it's from the sun, but apparently, uh, oh my god. Oh, Angel Di Maria accepted a one-year prison sentence. and Suspended well, prison sentence. Yeah, but he will... But that is legit, that did happen. Um, and Mangal right. is on his way to Lyon, apparently. Yeah, that's awesome. On it's... a permanent. So I saw, I saw $18 million, which, considering how bad everything has gone in that regard, is actually not a half-bad piece of business. <laughs> no, no, not at all. I mean, sometimes you just got to take a, take a shrug on there. And if Samir Nasri can get $275,000 a week uh, to move to... In China. Uh, yeah, just take make sure. No one else in Europe seems to want him. He seems to have worn out his welcome with literally the entire continent. Um, yeah, I don't understand how he managed to do that. I can't stand Sam. I like him as a player, but I just cannot freaking stand Samir Nasri. Yeah. In, in theory, he should be so much... The, the truest thing Roberto Mancini ever said was, sometimes I'd like to punch him because he could be so much better. He was yeah. completely right about that, if we're yes. being honest. Samir Nasri probably could have been one of the best players. 
a centerpiece of the Guardiola project. There's no doubt in my mind. He has the ball skills. Like, had he they, truly does. I honestly believe that had Samir Nasri not lived up to his potential, there would have been no need to buy Kevin De Bruyne. That's true. That's that's a scary thing to think about, but that's absolutely true. I mean, he's just so good at what he does, even now. Um, you know, you look at how well he can play when when he seems to be unencumbered. It just it feels to me like he has a case of the yips and getting inside his own head. If that you know, like he's not capable of of making things work when it's going well. He has to mess it all up somehow. Uh, Like, he survives in chaos. Um, But yeah, man, if the guy can land on his feet, kudos to him. I I, I wish him well. I, I truly am bummed that he never lived up to his potential because as... You watched him with Arsenal and you were like, this guy's gonna be one of the best players in the world in five years. You know what, man? Uh, I I used to watch the uh, the French the FFF are are basically my my number two international. I watch France, and uh, even with with uh, what limited time he was there before he found himself uninvited. Uh, and, and then went out of his way to ensure that he would never be invited again. Yeah. <laughs> He, he had all the potential in the world of being a centerpiece for France moving forward. Like, he and Ribéry were supposed to be the future of France, and it just didn't work out that way. Like, Ribéry couldn't do crap to save his life. But I, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm happy to see that some of these players are finding homes and second chances. Mangala, Mangala really seemed to revitalize himself with Valencia, I believe it was. I actually would not be shocked if he ends up being like really, really solid in the French League and ends up eventually getting like this huge money move to PSG in a year or two. That would yeah. not surprise me in the least. No, that wouldn't surprise me at all. And it wouldn't surprise me if he actually does turn into the defender people thought he was. It could just be that... The French League is a bit more forgiving in that regard as well. Yeah, he'll have more time to learn. He'll have more time to grow. He'll definitely get the game time that he never got at City because we couldn't rely on him. Um, But... uh, yeah, no, I, I, I think the outgoings, we're starting to see that. It's pretty much been confirmed, too, that Joe Hart's not coming back to the club, so that will end Nolito is on his way to Sevilla, I believe. Um, it's just they're still haggling over whether there's going to be an option to buy or not. City, or an obligation. City want there to be an obligation. Um, Seville want it to be an option, I believe, but that seems like it's going to get done in only a matter of time. Um, so yeah, good progress it seems. Yeah, and that's pretty much all that it is right now. It's just progress. So um, I don't know, Gray. Any any final thoughts? Not really. I know there's. I, I know there's all not... gets done. Yeah. <laughs> right now, all the best we can do is say I wish this and I hope that. So no need to beat or beat it into the bush. Um, 
yeah, if a new signing happens, obviously we will be back on here uh, to to cover it. I I imagine probably as soon as we get off today, there will be like a spat of new signings announced. And then we'll be the idiot podcast that recorded before because everybody else knew the way. And then you'll hear it after because I have to edit it, and that's just how these things go. Yep. So, all right, Gray, well, then take us home. Um, you can find us on Twitter at America Citizens. Um, you can subscribe to us on iTunes. Just search the name American Citizens. Um, we are sponsored as ever by Blog Talk Radio. Um... I don't think I'm missing anything. So, um, <laughs> uh, for Josh, I'm Gray. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you again soon. Uh, have a great weekend.